0: welcome to the association 4.0 podcast your association's no fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace each week we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve
1: thank you for tuning in to the association 4.0 podcast my name is sherry budziak and i am the ceo of org source I'm here today with Dan Stevens, founder and president of WorkerBee TV. Dan, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to talk with you.
0: Thank you, Sherry. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So, Dan, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your company?
0: Sure. WorkerBee TV has been helping associations for about the last 14 years now. Started out with a real focus around using video strategically and through our our services, which we bundle under the trade name Association TV, we're a platform and video multimedia services organization so that we can help people organize and, and basically, if I sum it up, turn their own website into the Netflix for their members, make it easy to find, easy to consume and easy to act on, whether it be a video, an article, a course, a virtual event, etc.
1: Great. Yeah, I know you've done a lot of, you have a lot of experience helping associations think about their content strategies. And you've kind of been preaching that message of content strategy for a while now. So, you know, in this kind of era that we're living in, tell me what you think associations should be thinking about today when it comes to content and their overall content strategy.
0: You know, there's, that's a big topic. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, if you really wanna be simple, it comes down to what, what do we do with members? We inform them, we educate them and we inspire them. And there are different content streams out of inform, right? Your advocacy could fall under inform, your announcements, that type of thing under educate. It could be anything from micro learning and micro credentialing to full accreditation and, and events. Uh, and then under inspire, that usually comes in the form of future forward trends, leaning into the future in some way, or bringing members together virtually or, or in an event um, to, to learn from each other. Members in every association love learning from other members. And so we often look at, well, how can we, for example, leverage technology to make that easier, to make it accessible, especially with the pandemic? How do we get that? inform educate inspire happening and generally what it requires to move it out of the dark ages of text and email and into today of video and podcast and you know virtual and hybrid events requires a funding mechanism and so like your magazine of yesterday with a little bit of structure and a staple (laughs) right it makes those papers a magazine That staple is amazing because it gives it structure Mm -hmm. and it gives it departments and it gives it a section and it gives it a due date for sponsorship and advertising. And all of a sudden, what you think of as a digital content calendar can actually become a revenue generator that helps fund future great content. And so that's where we spend a lot of time with our association clients is helping them see that, you know, it's you can actually drive the content that will inform, educate, inspire, which helps your recruitment and your retention. At the same time, you can monetize it and generate revenue so that the quality of the content is superior to the 1,844 competitors that they can find content on online. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's the bad part about digital is I'm a search engine away from everywhere. And so you've got to pick your spot as to where I can be the best in the world at that level of content for my members and use modern day. And what we're seeing is organizations are finally starting to learn and lean into micro learning more. Yeah. And and especially if they're non-accredited, then, you know, who's going to invest an hour when you can sum it down into three minutes. And by the way, the three minute video is way more entertaining than the one hour webinar. And so why not entertain and educate? Seems to be working well for Netflix and a few others. And that's the opportunity of kind of migrating your content calendar from from wherever it is today into something really modern that works for all generations. I don't know what you're hearing, but I hear most of our associations struggle with the new young member in that first 24 months. And it's because a lot of their content is geared for yesterday. And it's not in video. It's not easily consumable. It's not in 30-second to two-minute micro-learning snackable content form. Or it's not in podcast if you truly want a 20- or 30-minute form like this, where hopefully someone's working out or in their car right now listening to this because that's dead time otherwise. No competition other than the radio.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at what our teenagers are consuming on TikTok, you know, 3-minute TikTok videos, they think they know everything from <laughs> from somebody putting on that content, which like you said is can be entertaining and quick, you know, information, but you know, I think that the some of the challenges are kind of just rethinking how we're doing things today in terms of our content. I think that is that's a struggle. Um, and, um, I don't know what, what are you feel are like the challenges of getting there? I mean, you hit on a few things where I think that some organizations might have challenges like, okay, Dan, how do we really monetize our content? Like, is everybody expecting our content to be free? That's a discussion I hear all the time or, you know, great. We know we have these hour long videos, you know, I don't have staff to be able to, provide, you know, edit and do a three minute video, or how do we get our volunteers to say, you know, that's okay to cut our content down to three minutes. So there's a lot of different challenges that I see. And maybe you can touch on a couple of, uh, give us a couple of thoughts.
0: I'm starting to see a new, a new title in the association space. And it's, it's director of virtual content. And it's, it's interesting. It all starts with how do we define success? If you think of the average association pre-pandemic, we define success as the 15% of the people who came to our annual conference because, and they rated that the highest value content that we had annually. If we changed our metric and said, is our objective to educate 15% of our members with the best content? Or is our objective to entertain and educate 70% of our members with that content? What's our real measurement? And so profitability has to be one of those measurements get, I get that and cost management and so forth. But so what we're starting to see is that the event people are so focused on completing a successful event that then they move on to the next event. Yeah. And what happens is this rich content that only hit 15, or maybe during the pandemic as much as 30 or 40 or 50% of your members right? Before they go back to work are going, Hey, that was great content, but you know, you fire hosted to me in three days and I didn't get a chance to listen to it all or, or see it all. And so how can I go back and, and on my own time, consume that rich content because that's a value. And so this, these new positions are setting up their websites to repurpose this content and just think about just think about a webinar, Sherry. There's a certain percentage of people who will attend live Mm -hmm. and if they miss it live, it's like, it's old. I can't go. uh, It's undone. There's another percentage of people who will sign up for a webinar based on the topic with no intention of showing up. They want to get the recording and watch it on their own time.
1: I do that all the time.
0: (laughs) How many more people would also listen to it in a podcast form if it was available? How many more people would watch the three-minute version of it summarized by an expert in a nice, well-produced video? And so that's how you hit 70% is is you, you, you create multimedia from that first video so that those who wanna read, watch, or listen, short form or long form, have the opportunity when they want. And that's how you, and then, so now monetizing it. Well, on one end of the spectrum, it's a, if it's accredited, you can charge for it. Or if it's in my LMS on the other end, if it's not expectation is free, right? Mm-hmm. But free, there's different levels of free. Well, maybe free might be that you have to give up your email address. So I at least know who you are and maybe yeah. you're a non-member that I can turn into a member free might be, Well, this is under a subscription for those who went to the virtual event. So it's packaged with other material. And so the special price post event is maybe 60% of the original price. And that seems reasonable because uh, if this one video isn't what I expected to be, there's 10 others in here. And so finding that balance of being able to fund, or maybe I'm just relying, and we have clients who do this, just rely 100% on advertising to support that model because they want the free engagement. And what they want people to do at the end of that video is engage further with the organization with up to three calls to action at the end. And one is usually something like uh, that will drive revenue in another area, like registering mm-hmm. for an event or signing up for a virtual something. And, and so that's that's where we see um, some some really interesting changes because what what people experienced during the pandemic, hopefully should never happen again. We won't all be working at home in our pajamas. (laughs) We we, we will be back at work, we will be busy and an hour of our time is difficult, right? Just try to get eight people and schedule a meeting. How hard is it to find an hour where we're all open, right? And, And so micro learning, And your TikTok example is really real. TikTok is conditioning the world, as has YouTube, as has Google, as has Facebook for micro learning. So young people, like they're, they're, they don't, they want to, they want to snack and go, snack and go, snack and go. And so if we want to engage young people, which is the future of our association membership, we got to play that game. And so whether you do it internally, or you hire someone to do it, you got to play that game. And and you got to play that game early enough before the algorithms of TikTok and the algorithms of Google and the algorithms of YouTube and Facebook find content equal or better than yours. Because if they do, right now they can't, but but if they do and when they do, because it will happen, um, then... That's the demise of that association. And so we are in that environment now where the number one engagement will be digital going forward. Yes, physical events will be coming back. Yes, committees will come back, but digital will be the lion's share of engagement going forward for young people if they search first through their phone before they wanna talk to anybody. How do we create mentorship? How do we create peer-to-peer? It will start digitally and may end in person, but we have to start it digitally. And so it's a real big um, challenge for so many associations to reorient that thinking around first, what is success? Is success profit on an event or success getting 70% of my members to see and touch my best content? Because then my retention, I spoke this morning Uh, and I was using the Netflix example where they have 93% retention and the average association in North America is 80. So Mm -hmm. on a, on a, on a $2 million association budget, that's $260,000 of revenue. Poof. That's Mm -hmm. gone. As opposed to what could I do with that 260 to ensure rich, relevant content for, the next renewal and the next renewal and the next new recruit. And that's where people's heads have got to get more against. I can't afford to, I must. So how can I, right? How can I, and you've got lots of tools, sponsorship, advertising, pay-per-view subscription, lots of tools in your kit bag to create a model that is sustainable.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Dan, as you're talking, I was just reflecting on things that happened. I'm old enough, old enough or old, I guess (laughs) I should just say that. um, Well, now that I'm going to tell this story, you'll, we'll see how old I am. Um, When I started working in associations um, I helped build one of the first association websites. And after that, in my second job, I worked for an association that built websites for associations. And the conversation was kind of like, you know, why do we have to have a website? You know, why do we need to be on social media? And I'm like, come on, we got to do this. Like, this is the future. And it feels like it's always been around, like, how do we distribute content that people want across many generations in the way that they they want it. And for, I don't know why, but associations just have, I, you know, for all these years seems to struggle with doing, you know, kind of what's, what's next, right? Because it's not even, none of this is new. It's just kind of rethinking, on uh, you know, what's next. Uh, I don't know. It's just it kind of like dawned on me as you were talking, we were talking about, you know, podcasts and video, um, but it, you know, back long ago, um, we you know was the same conversation around email marketing and um, and websites. So, you know, I think that part of the association business model about content creation and distribution hasn't really changed. But then the other side, I wonder, like. How do you see kind of this, the association business model changing or needing to change for the future as we're kind of talking about, about, you know, content and digital and member engagement? I mean, you kind of addressed, kind of talked about all those things.
0: I, you know, I see, I I think there's still a lot of, of life in the membership model. I I really do. Um, You know, I've been, Thirty years a member of my entrepreneurs organization, and uh, spent many years in leadership there as well. And you all know, those who volunteer more actually get more out of the organization, right? Yeah. And and um, and so I have a love for what associate the impact that an association can have on on an individual and and their life and their business. So I I still think, and then when you see models like Netflix, which is a membership model. Um, growing as fast as it grew, but where where people um, people sometimes forget to let data drive their decisions, and they 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 let the experience that they want to have. So if I'm you know a certain age, and I remember you know having a drink at the bar with my buddies after that event, you know, and that's that's my my you know, good feeling about the association, I want to recreate that, right? And yeah, sure. n- not, not being able to go to these events has been frustrating and not being able to see some of those friends. But the other side of it is, okay, well, you that's the inspire, but there's the inform and educate that we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast. What are you doing there in a modern way? The bad thing and good thing about social media is it's a friend and a foe. It's a friend in that it can be a place for you to also use micro-marketing content to find more people. But more importantly, we can learn from the success. I don't know one association that has grown as fast as Facebook or Netflix or YouTube. Nobody, right? And they have no committees. They have no physical events, (laughs) right? They They have no board. Right? So in theory, when when I said re- Netflix's retention is 13% higher than the average association, in theory, the association should be higher than Netflix's because we have more to offer. We have more more of a hybrid model. They're a complete digital model. What did they do? What can we learn from them that we can apply to the areas that we're typically weakest, which is digital engagement. And it's Amazon easy one place to go short micro learning content in multiple formats and then once i've engaged i can i can engage i can discuss i can post i can share i can comment i can i i can participate in the process and so it's been in front of us for years why aren't we engaging with it and so they're they're providing all of this trend analysis just like your tiktok example all we need to do is take the niche where we can be the best in the world at content apply those same principles and you know build it they will come <laughs> and and that's that's the model and so along the way I'm building it it's not it's not do i build it i must build it or i will not bring on those I'm working with a new association right now. We're planning a rollout um, of our platform and, and a content model to their state association chapters. And the young people in the membership have said, do not email me or I will turn you off. Really? So how do you engage that person? Well, maybe it's a mobile app. Maybe it's video. Maybe it's podcast but you got to play their game.
1: Yeah. They, Actually, when I think about it, my kids, I'll say, did you get the email? They're like, what? No, I don't check my email. I'm like, text, why not?
0: Text, text me, right? <laughs> text me. And, and so we got to play that game. Now, here's the funny thing. Older generations text, watch videos, listen to podcasts as well. And so when you start moving into these more uh, they're not current anymore, but, but perceived current technologies and current platforms and, and, and media, guess what? It works for all generations. And so it actually, you start to get an engagement level that complements the hybrid in-person model, that volunteer model, that together gets a, a good balance in that inform, educate, and inspire that I mentioned earlier. And that's when you know you've got, and you'll be able to measure it in retention. You'll be able to measure it in recruitment. And again, if if a magazine can bring in the types of magazine revenue, it can. Why can't a video zine or video magazine or a podcast series collectively bring in even more? It's rich media. I can tell you right now that the TV stations make more money than the radio stations who make more money than the magazines. And so- So we have to take that same attitude to our sponsorship and our the value and price of our content. We grew up with, well, yes, the course, if it's $1,000 to come to the event, but it's only $10 to buy it on the DVD, that, it's the same content. How can it be worth $1,000 on this day and $10 on that day? Right. And so we need to normalize our models and charge, For value. And that's where I'm coming full circle back to why I'm seeing this new role of director of virtual content who has the time to look at each virtual, hybrid, in person event and go, you know what? I'm going to take 100% of that one. I'm going to take 30% of that one. I'm going to take 40% of the content from this one and I'm going to repackage it in this way. Because They're different audiences, just like my webinar example. Do not take the same rule to each audience, right? We don't, Baskin-Robbins would not exist, right, with just vanilla. Why are we, so we, and we tend to take vanilla to everybody. Yeah. Oh, and oh, it's like, it's an hour long there. It's an hour long here. No, 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 no. Each audience has a different niche, What you need to figure out is what is the size of each of those niches so that I can look at the cost and revenue structure of serving that niche and go, aha, I can find a formula where that is now either sustainable or profitable.
1: Yeah. Well, this role of, you know, virtual content director or whatever you want to call it, it's kind of inspiring me because I've always told associations, I'm like, you need somebody at your organization, when it comes to systems, responsible for the user experience. Um, And if you don't have somebody responsible for that, you're going to have a bad user user experience. And I see it all day long, every day. Um, The same, in the same um, way, if you don't have somebody focused on content and that distribution model, whatever that looks like, you're not going to do it. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking myself, wow, Dan, you're actually like, Inspiring me to do something because we use your platform. Um, if anybody wants to go to it, it's, it's videos.orgcommunity.com. And we have uh, over 250 videos. We have great content, but we have content that's been recorded. It's a 30 minute webinar, it's on hour long sessions. Um, that's what we've created. So, can we repurpose that? Um, and should we be repurposing that, as you said, in different ways? And it, sometimes it's just stopping, you know. And I know, like I know in my brain that I should be doing that, but you actually have to have somebody responsible to take charge of that being that part of their their job. Um, so I think that was an important point that you made. Um, and I and I also think that we need to just be thinking a little bit differently about, you know, things have changed. I mean, we're all, everybody's anxious to go back to how it used to be, but it will never be how it used to be, right? You and I talk about that all the time. But you came to me last year, um, and people may not know this about uh, the offerings that you have, but you came to us last year about the Solutions Center and having kind of a year-round virtual Solutions Center for our partners. Um, and again, if anybody wants to check it out, it's solutions.orgcommunity.com. And that has really made a difference um, for us because we were able to package our partner offerings differently. And we have a place and a home to send people to when they are asking about, you know, who are the best LMS vendors? Who can help us with video? Um, all those things that that your members may also need. But I, it, it I had to kind of rethink how we were doing business because we were doing business with our partners in a physical manner. One more comment I'll make on that is we also uh, something that you know you touched on magazines but we've got a couple um e-newsletters and it dawned on me at one point wow Dan and his group are creating some great content. Can we take our partner content and pull their RSS feed into our newsletter? it doesn't take any work on, on our side. And now our members and our, our viewers are getting that great content too. So it's kind of like having somebody like really start rethinking things that we're doing today and what provides that value. Um, and we can inform our members, but also like our partners can help in that respect too. So it's kind of all those things have really taken aback and um, rethinking. And I will say, Dan, you know, back to before I asked you this question about the challenges. um, I think one of the challenges associations also have is being agile enough to just start doing something different. Right. Let's see if it works. Let's try it. If it doesn't work for our audience, let's not do it anymore. Um, And I think that's really, really hard. But I think we, we all need to get there.
0: Yeah. You know, I think you touched on it. Um, when you said having someone in the organization responsible for user experience, what all of a sudden happens is well, that becomes a cross-departmental responsibility now.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and so my example of, of virtual, the director of virtual contents, their source of supply is the events department that they have no control over. But what they're doing is they're creating a user experience for virtual from that source what right. other opportunities are there cross departmentally that aren't being shared or that were more we're even worse each department sends everybody to a different tool right oh videos yeah. are on youtube and webinars yeah. are by date and podcast is over there and every department's pushing the poor member all over the darn place instead of organizing it into one cohesive place and so you know the um uh you know Why I, I, I always use the example of Netflix is if you get all of your leadership in one room and you say, have you all experienced Netflix? Yes. Have you all been watched something that was recommended to you on, on uh, Netflix? You'll get nine out of 10. Let's say yes. When you start thinking about digital transformation, imagine if you called that meeting and said, okay, everybody, write down the number one thing that comes into your mind about digital transformation do you think you'd get a common answer? It'd be all over the place. right? And so what, you know, Stephen Covey was a great read. I love that book, right? And his comment was always begin with the end in mind. And what's cool about Netflix or TikTok or any of your examples is if that's what my website should be, that's the end. What's the gap between where I am and that end goal content-wise and user experience-wise. And guess what you'll see? I need to make it simple, i.e. Amazon easy to find it, consume it, and act on it. And my content has to be edutaining. I got to entertain while I educate. And if I can do those two things and figure out how I monetize it along the way, watch recruitment and revenue and retention go up. And it's it can be that simple. It does not have to be, oh, I need to spend $2 million and I need a five-year study and everything else. No, no, no. It can be very, very simple. And you can start with an experiment because the beautiful thing about digital is it's all measurable. And so we know with our clients, when we sit down quarterly, we know what the top five courses were in their LMS, what the top five micro learning videos were by topic. We know... What webinars were getting engagement, what weren't. And so if the average engagement is four minutes and your average video is 20 minutes, you're paying someone to make 16 minutes of video, and nobody's watching.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So that's the opportunity.
1: So Dan, if you just have a couple more minutes, I know I've taken up a lot of your time today, but I, I do have a question on, you know, how is technology impacting associations?
0: Well, it's kind of like social media. It's going to be live by the sword or die by the sword, and digital is opening up all kinds of ways to engage. Both, you know, I video and engaging in the platforms that you were talking about, all the way through to measuring the it, it and learning from that engagement, so that I can fine tune and continually improve the process. To business intelligence, that's allowing us to go, hey, I watched a video on that topic. I listened to a podcast on that topic and I took a course on that topic. This member likes that topic. Maybe I should recommend this event that they probably don't even know about on that topic and get them signed up and, and let that happen the way it does on, on YouTube and on Netflix in a nanosecond automatically, as opposed to a a person having to do it. So I think technology is going to be big in so many ways. We are, um, if, 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 if an association is leader is out there right now listening, the next five years are the biggest growth opportunity years as millennials are now of age to join membership-based organizations. And they are a bigger group than the baby boomers, and the boomers were losing by the droves to retirement. And so huge growth opportunity ahead of us. If we speak their language, if we are mobile first, if we are video and centric and podcast centric and micro learning centric, right? At the same time, we're in a drought for talent. So how are we going to service a larger organization with less staff? We have to start automating some of our processes, Mm -hmm. renewals, retention. What can we automate? Because we don't have enough people. There's a lull between between the gens right now And it's about a five or six year lull where we're going to be trying to grow with less staff. Yeah. And so it's so you got to lean into technology on both ends, internal efficiency and productivity, external engagement as you move into more of a hybrid engagement model with each member.
1: Well, great, Dan, some great thoughts. So um, I really appreciate your time talking with me today. This was great. Um, I always enjoy talking with you. So if, uh, if uh, people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that?
0: Dan.Stevens with a V, -V S-T-E-V-E-N-S at workerb.tv, just as it sounds.
1: All right. Great. Thanks so much, Dan. And I will talk with you again soon.
0: All right. You take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .orgsource specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.